guess this is how we're starting the podcast, huh? Are you rolling? Oh, we're rolling. I guess I never tell you when we're starting, do I? I, I guess, guess not. I, I, That's I, all right. That's all right. What's up, America? What's up? What's up? You have tuned in to another edition of the Friends Without Benefits Radio Midnight Hour Spectacle Extravaganza Extraordinaire. We're making it up on the fly, calling it in the ring show, don't you know, on BFF.FM. That's as close to a real introduction as you're going to get from us. Yeah, for those of you just tuning in, I'm White Trash Ninja on the beats as always. And my main man on the mic with the tunes. Good at EDAC. And we are together. Friends without benefits. And we're such good friends without benefits, we finish... Each other's sentences. That's motherfucking right. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Actually, I didn't see I that one coming. After, yeah, yeah, you didn't you see didn't that even one have to coming. Keep going, but you did. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, well, that's what you get. That's what I get. So, uh, if you have been following us the last couple weeks, all two of you, um, you know that we've been talking about punk, all that bullshit. We're done talking about punk. We're gonna turn. We're gonna do a little softer side. It was just Valentine's Day. And say what you will about it being a corporate made-up bullshit holiday to just get people to start spending after the beginning of the new year. Say what you will about that. It brings up topics that are near and dear to my heart, and that's love. Finding out about love, finding love within yourself for other people, loving of music, music that we love. Ninja. I know that you're on the tenders. We uh, recently just dropped a single about your love life on Tinder called Sausalito Catfish. Or Sausalito Fat Bitch when you're drunk. <laughs> that was the... <laughs> oh, Sausalito Fat Bitch. That one's for you, Will Gassert. <laughs> Sausalito Fat Bitch. We... <laughs> It's one of those things, you know, that you shouldn't laugh at when you're being recorded, but fuck it. It's <laughs> we like to laugh at inappropriate topics. Yeah, come along for the ride, folks. So we're talking about love today. Things that we love, music that we love. Um, love is a weird thing. I'm finding out there's different types of love. There's the love that you have for friends. There's love that you have for friends without benefits, like the love I have for Ninja. It's a very strange love. I love him and I hate him all at once. It's very confusing. As I'm sure he... God damn it. (laughs) There's a little heart and soul. Don't you know that uh, sometimes you fall in love with somebody and then they fall out of love with you but you're still in love with them and then you find out two years later that they're dating somebody else and you shouldn't be hurt by that and then somehow you are somehow you are even though you're in love with someone else and really it just gets down to the first song that I think we're gonna play today and that is Love Stinks from the Wedding Singer soundtrack I don't know who really sang this song I don't really care. Uh, 
<laughs> we're just we're gonna, <laughs> get, we're gonna get into it. The first song. That was the love theme from Titanic. For those of you just tuning in, as performed by me. I did it a lot shittier than Celine Dion. But Wait, I didn't even. I was too busy listening to myself. I didn't even hear the song on the keyboard. Hold on, play it again from the top. What? That is how my heart will go on. Uh, I guess Far I'm... across the distance and spaces, feel you. <laughs> that song won several awards. <laughs> Which. We could go into this topic instead of love. We could go into why the Music Academy's bullshit, which is a. <laughs> I would g- love to, but I think we should stay on being emo and being sad because I really wanted to talk about like all that shit later. All right. Play some Saves the Day or the Cure or whatever. Well, we'll start out. Actually, you know what? Okay, fuck Love Stings. We're not gonna play. No, love no, we're stings. gonna play. You've already pigeonholed it, so we're. No, gonna- no, no. We're gonna do another one from the Wedding Singer. We're gonna do the one that Adam Sandler sings. Somebody kill me, please. The Wedding Singer is actually one of my favorite movies about love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For one, I think Adam Sandler plays a very believable character with Robbie Hart. Oh, that's the guy's name. Okay. He's he's friendly. He's lovable. He's the guy that just can't seem to catch a break. Mm-hmm. And he's a modern lover in a time where it seems like. All the material shit is taking over, which is funny because that's exactly how it is nowadays, and that movie is supposed to take place in 1985. Um, do, do you feel like you are a modern-day Robbie Hart? Yeah. Oh. Is that why it's so hard to find ladies on Tinder? Yeah. Wait, you just had a successful Tinder date, though. We're not going to get into that right now. No, why not? Why she not? doesn't know who you are. It's got a secret identity. <laughs> this is personal. Yeah, no, this is real. <laughs> it's funny, but uh, no, we're not going to talk about that. No, it went well. We're right? going to keep talking about the wedding singer. You, uh, you had, you held hands. You, d- you got. Uh, yeah, it was uh, like that scene in Pleasantville. Whatever. Anyways, um. All right, we won't. The go wedding into singer it. is great because. Adam Sandler is actually tolerable for the entire film. <laughs> he writes some original music for the movie, which I think is what allows him to showcase a little bit of his personal side into that role. Mm-hmm. And it's just a nice story about getting the girl. You know, he gets the girl. Well, how he gets the girl. Is Billy awesome. Joel. No, Billy, Billy Idol. Idol. God, how dare you? How dare you confuse those Billy two Joel <laughs> drinks his way into her living room. <laughs> uh, Billy Idol. He just played. I saw somebody had the uh, set list. What's the matter with the car? I'm driving cold, don't you know? <laughs> Oh, we're getting I was trying to play hits. some Billy Joel. It's but anyways, hard. We're going to play a couple love songs off the Wedding Singer soundtrack because Cadet pigeonholed himself into playing Love Stinks first, whether he likes it now or not. I mean, we could just start this whole thing over. 
Yeah, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. We've already come so far and broken through so many personal barriers. That's great. Especially the one where I admit how much I love the wedding singer for the entire. Oh, you year. already. That's not a big secret. Yes, it was. <sighs> I've never come out about that information before. Oh well, you heard it so, here first, folks. White Trash Ninja, aka Wyatt Ninja, on Facebook loves the wedding singer. You can now find it under his likes. I hope you likes this next group of songs. You guys are off to a great start, don't you think? I mean, Cindy showed up, so right away, Scott, you gotta be pretty psyched, right? Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life, I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone. And you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! You know, it's funny. Some of us will never ever find true love. Like take, for instance, me. And I'm pretty sure that guy right there. And that lady with the sidebars. And basically everybody at table nine. Uh But the worst thing is that me, fatty, sideburns lady, and the mutants over at table nine will never ever find a way to better the situation. Because apparently we have absolutely nothing to offer the opposite sex. You are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy. Sir, one more outburst. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? Now let's cut this stupid cake, because I know the fat guy's going to have a heart attack if we don't eat again soon. And while we do that, here's a little mood music for you. Scott, our newlyweds. Whoopity doo! He loves her, but she loves this guy right here. And he loves somebody else. You just can't win. And so it goes until the day you die. This thing they call love is gonna make you cry. I hate you. I've had the blues, the reds and the pinks. One thing's for sure. Love stinks? Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! Love stinks! Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! Love stinks? Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! Love stinks!
glad with what you've done to me. I lay in bed all day long, feeling melancholy. You left me here all alone, tears running constantly. Oh, somebody kill me, please! Somebody kill me, please! On my knees, pretty, pretty, please! Kill me! I want to die! Put a bullet in my raps for those of you who don't know this is my keyboard that he always hijacks every time we come to do this uh radio show and uh he's asked me to borrow it so he can work on his rap album so what we're gonna do is put him on the spot and say ninja give us a little freestyle with these horns this horn selection you got going here which, uh, let's get some callers for some topics here. Oh, we got someone on the line. Uh, all the way in from Dixon, California. Uh, Steve, you're on the air. Hey, man, how's it going? You might have heard me be called Richard on another podcast called Hot Links. My name's Steve today. And I want Ninja to make a song about something near and dear to my heart. I want him to make a song about food, specifically spaghetti, oh. and how love can be really noodly. A little saucy, a little creamy. Shut up, Steve. Thank you, Steve, for calling. Alright, here it is. Sound effect number 54. Coming at you raw, gonna kick down your door Hit up the kitchen, quit all your bitching I'm making fucking spaghetti from these fucking stitchins Dropping pasta in the fucking water I'll do that fucking shit for free, not for a quarter mm. You got tomato sauce, vodka or pesto mm. I don't give a fuck, yo, I'll make the fucking best, yo mm. Spaghetti that you ever fucking had mm. Better than spaghetti from your mom or dad mm. And I fucking make that shit with meatballs or chicken Make it so good, yo, your fingers will be licking Licking up the food off your motherfucking plate You'll be staying up incredibly fucking late Eating my spaghetti, having a glass of wine When you know I make spaghetti, yo, it's dinner time I've got a fucking pot full of pasta And I'm fucking smoking mad green rasta And I fucking stole that rock from Quasimodo And I'm fucking short on this rap like Frodo And I don't got much more to tell you all now And I'm gonna make spaghetti, you all will say wow And you'll be fucking stoked when you have my fucking food That'll put your shit in a fucking good mood Spaghetti Spaghetti. Ghetto spaghetti. Ghetto spaghetti. Ghetto spaghetti. Ghetto spaghetti. 
Spaghetto. Spaghetti. Spaghetto. I live in spaghetto. Spaghetti O. Spaghetti hoes. Spaghetti flows. Spaghetti hoes. Damn it. All right. We'll be back. Talking about love. Talking about love. Talking about love. So we've been talking about punk so much too. Let's talk about what it means to be emo. Oh yes. What what do you consider emo? Me. Yeah. (laughs) Pussy. It's not a being a pussy, it's being okay with showing emotion and not hiding it and being like, sometimes life sucks, sometimes I get depressed, and I don't want to pretend that I'm not. Like, I embrace that shit. I think it actually makes you less of a pussy if you're emo because you're not afraid to show. That's what I'm saying, you know? And emo gets this bad stigma. Um, Only because of bands like Simple Plan and Good Charlotte. Okay. Uh, first of all, Good Charlotte was not really emo, okay? They were bullshit. They were capitalists. Yeah, that that was a bullshit put-together product to sell you emo, kind of. Like, no, that's not emo, okay? You want to talk about emo? Let's talk about Mineral. Let's talk about Promise Ring. Let's talk about Jimmy Eat World. Let's talk about Dashboard fucking confessional. Dashboard confessional. Great band. Um, Very un... I mean, there are the people who love them, but I would still say they are not properly rated within the history of all that stuff. Oh, no. I mean, that guy had some great songs, earnest songs, could sing... Like, okay, you think about this. This is a time period... uh, late 90s or whatever he's doing his thing down in florida um and this is a time period where it's all about having four or five piece bands boy bands like having a whole group of people and even when you think about it too even a lot of like the punk bands were like look at blink 182 at that time period they even resembled a fucking boy band at that juncture yeah yeah and even the bands who made the music he liked were Right. Probably like that. And, and, and so you have all these bands. And what does this guy do? This guy has the balls to go out on stage with just an acoustic guitar and sing from the bottom of his heart, like, about having his heart broken. Fuck. Like, that takes some courage. That's punk. Yeah. Like, and Grant, like, some people are going to, oh, he was such a little whiny bitch. Now, fuck you. You know what? Get over yourself. Like, and and uh, and to be fair, I'm telling myself "fuck you" because that was me back in high school when that shit was coming out. Like, I oh, yeah. I wouldn't buy. I didn't buy into it. See, I had a different experience. I was the dude who embraced him at first and then hated him later because. When did you hate him? Um, right around the time he got big with like, what's that album? Hands card? down. No, well that's Mark the song. Mission or Brand of Scar. That's the album. That's the one I'm thinking. See, um. So the story about how I know about Dashboard is this. My best friend in the world, when we were kids, his first concert was Newfound Glory, Midtown, and Dashboard Confessional in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester! And he went to this show, and he said that he remembers, like, you know, he was in, like, sixth or seventh grade, and his memories are, like, him standing on a chair the whole night, rocking out, and having the time of his life. 
but Dashboard was the opener, and this is when nobody knew who he was, and it was just him with an acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. He's out there on stage playing all this era. um, It was the Swiss Army Romance era, which is, in my opinion, his greatest work. And I remember him coming home from that show and telling me to download songs like Again I Go Unnoticed and the Swiss Army Romance, Ender Will Save Us All. Mm -hmm. And... Here I am, this like kid at this point. I love Weezer and The Misfits and um, Rage Against the Machine, Blink-182. All this very aggressive but you know Corn. emotionally powerful music in some way or shape or form. Mm. And then here's this dude who has that same kind of emotional quality but in a completely different way. Yeah. And it definitely resonated with me at the time. And I liked that it was just him. I think that was the most amazing part to me. And then the reason later that I hated him was because that band came and I just thought it it kind of almost held him back. It weakened him. At least that's how I felt at the time. Yeah, I see that argument, um, especially if like you got in when it was just him Mm -hmm. or whatever. I could see that. Um, I really love the band stuff. Um, Hands down. Hands down. Great song. Well, see, I knew that song when it was on this EP that he released. It was like a four-song EP. Acoustic. Yeah, and I knew the acoustic version. And then years later, like, I'm listening to the radio and that song came on with the full band. And I was like, what? holy shit, like, I can't believe this yeah. is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, Dashboard was great. Uh, did you ever get into the Promise Ring? No. I only knew the song by the Ataris, another great emo band. The Ataris, oh man. Yeah, the Promise Ring was great they're from um wisconsin i believe um old davy boy um they were great because you want to talk about like that man could like he makes me feel all right that i try to sing because he's another man that it does not have um an angelic voice we should call it uh we're not the best singers but that's all right. Like he's talking about some real shit, and it might be a little whiny for people, but like, I love the Promise Ring. Their song uh, "Red and Blue Jeans," so simple, um, and it, but it's so good. And Promise Ring um, influenced Jimmy Eat World. Like without Promise Ring, there's no Jimmy Eat World. And he actually, the dude from the Promise Ring, sings a. Uh, background oh, 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 it's crimson and clover over oh what's that song that jimmy Eat world song i'm on the street i'm on the floor i'm good to go so come on david sing me something that i know anyways He's the guy, he, when he says, like, so come on, Davey, sing me something that I know, that's the dude he's talking about, is the guy from The Promise Ring. I knew something Ninja didn't know. You know a lot that I don't know, we just don't ever talk about it. <laughs> so let's hear some tunes from, you know, educate me now about them, and we'll listen to some Jimmy Eat World, and some Dashboard, and we'll... I think this set, uh, yeah, and cut we'll, our wrists. We'll we'll do uh, we'll do dashboard, promise ring, and Jimmy World, and we'll be email about it. That's right. Embrace it, folks. It feels so good. So quiet, another wasted night. The television steals a conversation. Exhale, 
Cheers. 
Don't press it, we dress High heels and loud shoes are a mess Step out with quiet feet And now I'm pleased to meet Meeting is so hard to do when you're dead sound effects because you enjoy them or because they are obnoxious somewhere in between okay that riff didn't come out as awesome as i thought it would. no it was really dumpy and sounded like poops <laughs> fuck you man fuck you yeah fuck you man fuck, i love you fuck too. you fuck you man fuck and you i love you fuck you man so we're talking about emo today yes i want to get into old emo shit What's old emo? Well, I mean, obviously everyone wants to think about the Smiths first. Uh, but I want to talk you're about going the to Smiths. Okay, go for it. So we were talking about the wedding singer before. Yes. And one thing about the 
wedding singer I can remember learning was that there's the scene when he plays the Kill Me song at the beginning. He says, now I want you to know I've been listening to The Cure a lot. And I didn't know what that meant when I saw that movie at first. So I had to ask my dad, Dad, who is The Cure? Naturally, he told me about it. And then I remember like listening to Boys Don't Cry and stuff like that and thinking like, I mean, The Cure were borderline punk. They, they could have been a punk band had they been just a tad bit more aggressive, but I think they kind of embodied that simple song structure in a way that made them kind of awesome. But I am a firm believer that Just Like Heaven is one of the best songs ever written, ever, in the history of time. It's like probably within my top five favorite songs of all time. Boys Don't Cry. That's a good song, too. I, I didn't hear the song. That you were talking about. I said just like heaven. Just like heaven. I don't know that one. People loved the Smiths and Depeche Mode too, for that matter. They were kind of all in the same boat. And Joy, but Joy Division too. I feel like Joy Division was in that as well, but Joy Division was definitely the most punk out of all of them. But I don't think emo would exist in some respect if it weren't for Joy Division, because Ian Curtis was really the first dude to kind of really put those darker emotions out there like that all right so i've got this book here it's called nothing feels good by andy greenwald and it is a very good read on emo and while it does talk about um it very vaguely mentions the smiths um and morrissey and the cure it what his argument is i don't think it's an argument but if you take a look at where emo came from it comes from hardcore. Uh, it comes from Minor Threat and Rites of Spring and Burning Airlines and um, oh, Sunny Day, like Sunny Day Real Estate, Jawbreaker. These types of bands um, come as an offshoot of hardcore, taking bands like Fugazi, taking their melodic elements, and then instead of talking about politics, talking about emotions, um, which is a very, if you've not read this book and you like reading, I'd recommend it. It's very good. Um, so yeah, you, uh, you were talking about how the cure, very emo. Um, and I guess technically that's true, isn't it? Uh, they're talking about emotional Well, I would say stuff. that they like, the bands I listed before, the I can't believe I'm about to use this term, pioneers of emo. You know, I before we sat down today, I would have never, I wouldn't have even thought of those bands being grouped in with emo. But again, we're finding out that these terms, punk, emo, they don't necessarily have the meanings. Uh, they're they sort of ambiguity. Ambiguous. Them. There, there's ambiguity in the meetings. <laughs> ambiguous meaning. Yeah. Ambiguous meaning. Ambiguous meaning. So, what two songs do you want to hear then? What do you? Who do you want to listen to? I think. I mean, obviously, just like heaven, since I already went on a rant about yeah. how great it is. But the yeah. other song I think that is amazing by those bands I listed was "Love Will Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division. Is also in that my mind one of the greatest pretty. songs yeah. ever written. 
amazing see, riff. Yeah, I guess it does go back to that stuff too, huh? Yeah. I mean, it was dark. It, they were they were the first bands like that to really be moody. Like, when was Led Zeppelin moody? Ugh. When was, I mean, Black Sabbath was the moodiest out of all of them, but they were like... I'm going through changes. They were like evil, though, you know? The Cure wasn't evil. They were just sad. Yeah. Yeah. Black Sabbath was supposed to be like really dark and like really evil. So like all those songs that are kind of emo by Black Sabbath are like they're a different kind of dark. You know. Ian Curtis is like, ooh, almost sad. Oh sad. I'm but sorry. they're like Black Sabbath was like, I'm sad because I'm a fucking madman. Yeah. Yeah. I Although Ian Curtis was definitely also a madman. As we later learned. What was his whole thing? He was just really depressed. He was also epileptic. I'm sure that had something to do with... His good songwriting ability. Yes. That's what I've heard, is if you have epilepsy, you uh, make good songs. And you're not Skrillex. (laughs) So, alright, we got some uh, Joy Division... Oh, God. Uh, Joy Division, the cure to Peshmo or the Smith.
section on that thing and just well folks this is gonna wrap up another edition of friends without benefits radio hour We've just started touching the top of the surface, tip of the iceberg, about emo, what it means, who it is, what bands represent it. Uh, I think we've got more to talk about. More next week. More next week. Friends Without Benefits Radio Hour Extravaganza Super Show. What do you know? And as a... I think we're going to try to start this tradition. I am Cadet Edak, and we've got White Trash Ninja on the keys. And being a vocal assassin that he is, he's going to play us out with some little ditty. Oh, it's like a Fugazi remix.
kind of just let me frequency wise if it's too low. Doing an octave up. You have anything to say? Yeah, stay true to your fucking emotions. Nah, on that real tip, do that shit. <laughs>